know the scene. Dorothy and her friends have just completed the seemingly impossible mission of attaining the Wicked Witch's broom and returned it to present it before the great and powerful Wizard of Oz. Now, when presented with the broom, our protagonist expects the wizard to keep up his end of the bargain and get her back to Kansas. Also, the scarecrow is brain, the tin man is hard, and the lion his courage. Well, for about 30 seconds, there's a battle of wills as Dorothy gains more and more confidence in her approach to the wizard. And while the argument ensues, Dorothy's dog, Toto, grabs a hold of the curtain, pulls it back, and reveals that the wizard is a man in front of some machinery projecting his might but the type of sleight of hand. Knowing he's exposed, the only thing he knows to do is command them, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The wizard has been revealed. The audience is left then contemplating what great and powerful actually means. Well, in a sense, this is what happens with the nativity. We have our shepherds in the field, blue collar to the bone, squeaking out a living. Now, there's no Toto, but they do encounter an angel, a messenger of God, who does a kind of curtain pulling. When he announces in Luke 2.10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Well, instead of the great and powerful one chirping to not pay attention to what's behind the curtain, the first Noel is when God, in all of his greatness and power, rips open the curtain to reveal that he is here. He has made his presence known, and it is good news for everyone. You see, he isn't just great and powerful in force. His greatness and power are provided to save us. Now, this is important. Jesus, Jesus wasn't born just so we could have a beautiful nativity set, proudly displayed in our homes for all to see. Announcing that Jesus is the Christ and the Savior is effectively saying the doctor has provided the cure for your ailment. Jesus is the Savior of our fallen nature, and our sin has a long, dark reach to many people and generations. In his book, The First Chapters of Everything, Alastair Payne recounts the night his parents' house caught fire. He says, My parents were once out of the house, but received an alarming phone call to say that there had been a fire. They hurried home to find some workers mending the gas main outside and caused the explosion in the house boiler. The boiler itself was charred, ruined, but the rest of the house, well, it seemed all right. Except, that is, for the smoke damage. Smoke had gotten around the entire place, and now everything smelled of it. On every wall, you could wipe to reveal a thin, grimy film. Every picture you took down left a non-smoky mark. Every item of furniture smelt burnt. Everything was still there, but nothing was the same. Now, it is similar to our fallen nature. Our sin taints everything. Not one area of creation is free from sin's reach. The Apostle Paul says it's like we're looking into a distorted mirror. The only good news of our darkened plight, though, is that when properly identified we realize we need someone to save us from it. This is the core of Christmas. God reached down to solve a problem we can't, and unto us, a Savior is born. We can call him Savior, not just because he pulled back the curtain to reveal himself, but a few short decades later, Jesus died on the cross, and that curtain was torn in two. Matthew records in chapter 27, verse 51, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. Now, Jesus died to save us from our fallen nature, from our fallen selves. But not only did he save us from that, but he saved us for something. Really, he saved us to himself. You see, Christmas is critical in the gospel because it addresses the real problem of all humankind. Not only that, but God's presence changes our eternal destinies forever.
As we've entered this season, maybe that needs to be your focus. Ask yourself, am I paying attention to God with me? Do you recognize the presence of the Lord in your life? Truly hope and pray that this is the reality for you and that it will bring to you great peace and joy. I hope you join us this weekend as we continue in our series, In Every Season, and we address the law and its significance in the Christmas story. God bless.